So much great Advertising Week content, so little time. Snackable AI is now helping you navigate podcasts like this one, event sessions, and other content with chapters, topic tags, and more. Find the insights that matter to you faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai. Today on the AW360 podcast, I'm pleased to welcome Jake Stott, CEO of Hype. Jake has spent the last five years defining marketing in the Web3 space, leading 175 experts globally and working with many leading brands. Jake discusses why Web3 offers brands and consumers more than Web2 ever did, the opportunities available, and the unique community of developers behind the scenes that are key to its success. I hope you enjoy this episode. Jake Stott, welcome to the AW360 podcast. I'm pleased to have you on today. Thank you so much, Richard. Glad to be here. You're CEO of Hype. Let me know, what does Hype do? Uh, yes, yeah, so to tell you a little bit about Hype. Um, yeah, so I, I founded Hype back in 2017, and we, are, we brand ourselves as the Web3 super agency. So what does that actually mean? Well, we work with a lot of different Web3 companies, so this can be crypto and blockchain, um, but it can also start to mean mainstream brands who are looking at things like metaverse and NFTs. Um, and that's essentially what we do. So we, we help bring either mainstream brands or Web3 native companies um, to market. Um, we help them with everything from creative to content to social and kind of most importantly, community. Um, and they are the services that we offer. And why is Web3 so closely tied to the idea of community? Why is community important? I think there's a, there's a couple of, um, let's say, advancements that have happened. So it's the meeting of a few different things um, that has caused community to come to the forefront. So the first thing is a lot of the Web3 space, you know, is being built by developers. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, programmers. So you know, what you've seen with the major blockchain projects, you know, maybe people have heard of the things like Ethereum, um, you know, Bitcoin, a lot of the early people in those communities are from a development background. Um, so what you kind of see in, uh, in the Web2 world or, you know, for other developer related open source type companies is they also have developer communities um, and they may live on forums, they may live on Reddit, um, they may live on places like Slack or Discord. Um, and because the you know, basis of the whole ecosystem is kind of developer communities and what developers are going to be building, um, they're very used to being in a community. You know, that's how they interact with a company or an open source project. So that's essentially the initial basis, I would say, of, of, of why community became important. Um, but then, you know, throwing in some other aspects as well, um, when you look at uh, the, the makeup of the Web3 industry, it is very global. Um, so for a lot of people, the pandemic and COVID-19 has essentially been, you know, the beginning of maybe their digital life, um, and how they've probably spent more time on zoom or, you know, different, um, you know, web based, I don't know, not, not just zoom, but maybe discord or slack, like maybe they weren't using these things before. Um, whereas in web three and in the crypto space, that's been the norm for a long time, just because you have people from all these different places coming together at once. So where are they going to live? How are they going to communicate with each other? 
you know, there has to usually be a community around that. So I think they're two um, building blocks of why that might have happened. Mm-hmm. But then alongside that, you're starting to see um, Web3 being, a, a, you know, a capture all term for the next wave of the internet, uh, where something like Metaverse is um, incorporated in that. And community is being seen, I think, at least by myself, I think some other people as well, um, as the next wave of marketing. Um, I don't know if it's marketing 3.0, but sort of the next wave of marketing. You know, as we start to see um, people wising up to some of the things that happen in Web2. So, you know, paid ads are kind of harder to the, to do than they were 10 years ago. You know, it's a saturated market. Um, so, you know, paid advertising on Google or Facebook. Um, social media is also... You know, everybody loved Facebook to an extent 10 years ago. And now, you know, I think the, the perception of companies like that has, has changed quite dramatically. Um, and people are starting to move away from traditional social media platforms. Um, and then I think at the same time, you also have things like influencer marketing. You know, I think 10 years ago, most people didn't really know influencer marketing was a thing. Um, and now most people are, you know, very wise to the idea that if you see a post on Instagram, from your favorite fitness person that they might be getting paid for that. So I think these are traditional or let's say web two time marketing channels and they're not as effective as they were five to 10 years ago, which is why community is being seen as a next step and also like building a moat uh, around your company. So that's a long answer, but that's kind of why I think community is important and and, uh, important to the next wave of the internet. You know, you had mentioned Facebook or meta and then Instagram It's kind of interesting to me to, to wonder, you know, and perhaps you can shed some light on this. Do you feel that Meta's involvement in the metaverse, as it were, is that causing any sort of hesitations or reluctance for for brands and agencies and so on to get involved with it, do you think? I think to some extent. I mean, so far from what I have seen, you know, the the usage numbers of Meta, um, you know, the the metaverse plays that they're they're doing are not particularly high. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there obviously has been a backlash over the last few years towards Facebook and Meta for, I think we all know the, the, the stories and the documentaries. Sure. <laughs> um, and I, I think they may be leading the charge in terms of conversation right now, but they aren't really the leading the charge in terms of adoption. And mm. actually the most adopted, if we want to call them metaverses, are generally games right now. So, you know, if you look at something like Fortnite or Roblox, um, they have tens of millions of daily users uh, and gamers, you know, playing them. Um, and they are what we call sort of centralized metaverses. You know, they're owned by a company and, and the profit and the ownership of everything within it is, is kind of, you know, owned by one company or one, uh, you know, wider company. That's, that's been the same in games for the last 20, 30 years. Sure. But what we're seeing now is the beginnings of other metaverses that are decentralized where you can own the assets in the game, essentially, or you can own the assets, you know, in the different portal that you're joining. And that's why I, I sort of don't really see personally why, why meta um, bring anything new to the table because meta right now uh, is, you know, the metaverse they're building is just a much smaller version of something like Roblox. And, and, you know, maybe 10 years behind. Um, so, yeah, I think brands are interested. Um, and I think we, we see it on a daily basis. Like, I'm, I'm definitely speaking to brands that I never thought I would have the opportunity to speak to about these topics. Um, but they're not really looking, you know, at Facebook right now or anything they're doing, at least what I'm seeing. 
Interesting. You know, one of the things that I think caused some early confusion among people I was speaking to as it relates to the metaverse and the concept of it was, you know, this is all well and good, but will I need a VR headset? And my thinking at the time was, no, you know, you can go play Fortnite without a headset. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. But then, you know, you, you kind of see this information pool that Meta has put together around what they're doing and, you know, the marketing behind that. And it seems so strong that, you know, it's easy to see where people have sort of become confused. You've been involved now, you know, if my math is correct, for five plus years in Web3. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, essentially. I mean, we started the agency just under five years ago. You could then say that, you know, you were doing Web3 before Web3 was really even a term that was on the radar of most people. Totally. Uh, I mean, I remember uh, we didn't call it Web. You know, I think most of the work we did for the first few years was really around blockchain, really to some extent around crypto, mm-hmm. which also, you know, have have certain connotations. But but these are the companies building, you know, the infrastructure for Web3, at least at least a lot of it anyway. Um, and that's where we started. And then, you know, as this has become a bigger term with things like NFTs and then obviously the metaverse, um, you start to see more brands being interested in seeing how all the different touch points come together. And what was the catalyst for you wanting to get involved in what was to eventually become Web3? Was it was it crypto and Bitcoin and so forth, or was there something else? Yeah, essentially. I mean, I, before doing this, um, I was running an agency working with e-commerce companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'd been in the e-commerce space for, you know, the five years previous to that and doing a lot of digital marketing. So, you know, digital marketing across the board. And then when I got into crypto, you know, I start to realize that, you know, a lot of these early blockchain companies, they also need to do marketing to an extent. Um, they also need to build developer communities. They also need to build a brand. They also need to do PR. So there are a lot of things that, you know, people are familiar with from, you know, traditional brand building. Um, and the way to do that was, was very much focused on the community. So, you know, my challenge at the, at the beginning was how do I, how do I build a community? How is it different to building a social media profile? Um, you know, how do we get um, people active in that community? And, and these are the same kind of challenges that you have if you're trying to build, you know, a Facebook following or an Instagram following, but different, but different. You know, there's different things that people latch on to. And in community, you know, there's sort of three main things you need to focus on, which are growth, engagement and retention. Um, and, you know, everything we do as an agency is kind of focused on those three pillars. What would you say are the opportunities at, you know, let's call it the 10,000 foot view opportunities available to people in the marketing world who are looking to get involved or find out more about, you know, at the very least find out more about Web3 today? Yeah, I, I think there's a, um, so one thing I also want to say is there is, uh, you know, we're called hype. Um, that was a name we thought was a great idea five years ago. Um <laughs> But there is a lot of hype around, you know, Web3 and, and Metaverse and these topics. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it means that every brand needs to go all in tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I get contacted by different types of brands and, and for especially B2C type verticals, um, it makes sense. Like if you're a consumer product in, in almost any category, there's, there's probably a way for you to um, come up with something that makes sense and something that, you know, you can trial um, and there's, there's many different, you know, agencies or, or, or technology, technology partners who could help you with this. And there may be a way for you to try something, but there are also, 
you know, many B2B companies out there. Um, I'm just going to give an example of one that I personally couldn't think of a good idea for, but I might be wrong, which was initially insurance. Um, and, you know, we were approached by an insurance company to come up with a scope. And I, I felt it was a lot more difficult to come up with something that made sense today. And there may be business opportunities in future there, but at least right now with the, the early stages that we're at, it didn't quite make sense to me. So I, I think um, the places to learn, you know, are, you know, looking around, like what are the differences between NFTs, metaverse, uh, blockchain, you know, where, where do you feed into that? Um, also looking at some of these gaming platforms, um, you know, essentially things like Roblox or Fortnite, you know, understanding what our brand's doing in there right now. And they're doing really interesting you know, activations. Um, and that's not quite Web3, but it has a lot of overlap, um, for example. Um, and we also actually run, um, so uh, as an aside to that, you know, we also have a venture that we spun out um, called Third Academy. Uh, and the domain is just third.academy. Um, and we actually run a marketing course there um, for anybody who's interested in you know, getting to Web3. So if you are a, we call it Web2 marketer, but to be honest, if you're any kind of marketer, um, you understand the pillars of marketing, you know, goals and audiences and, you know, different user segments, you would be able to do our course and then potentially be trained up um, as a Web3 marketer. Um, so, yeah, if, if anybody is interested in that, you know, we're always looking for, for more people. Um, it doesn't cost anything. It's completely free. Um, and it's sort of a six-week boot camp, um, and that's through third.academy. So just something to check out. Interesting. When it comes to the, the types of brands that make sense in the Web3 space, does it make more sense for a product company or, you know, like, like I don't know, maybe a candy, for example, to be involved in it than, than insurance? Although it's interesting, it, it's an interesting dilemma to think about, you know, what does an insurance company do in Fortnite? But, you know, things like consumer products, is that an easier type of play? I mean, I know that, you know, there's been points in time where I've seen, and I'm not a Fortnite player per se, but I have seen that, you know, car companies have been involved with, with Fortnite, you know, and their vehicles will be in the game and things like that. Are those kind of the low-hanging fruit of Web3 at the moment? I think totally. Um, and I also think the these kinds of consumer brands often have maybe different brand equity to maybe some of the more B2B companies. Um, you know, so if we, if we look at luxury brands, which I think um, are some of the fastest movers in this space, mm -hmm. you know, they have <clears throat> huge fan, you know, people who are true fans of that brand and they will buy anything and they will follow them everywhere. So, you know, if they have the opportunity to um, interact with that brand in the metaverse, they might be interested. The other thing as well, which we haven't really touched on, but I'll try and just touch on briefly, is in the future, maybe not everyone, but certainly more and more uh, people will have a, a digital identity. Um, they will have a digital avatar, for example. Or you start to see on Twitter, if you go around, you start to see pictures, you know, cartoons, sometimes pictures of, of NFTs that people use as their, you know, to represent themselves, a profile picture. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in the metaverse, you know, you'll see digital avatars. So in gaming, people have had characters that represent themselves. And then in future, you might have your own character that represents you, that you can modify. So with consumer goods, if this character can be modified, then basically that character can have any consumer good that you could buy in the real world, but maybe in the digital world. Um, and I know not all people believe in that, uh, that future just yet, but it, it isn't necessarily going to be every single person that does it. And it's very similar to the internet, is that the internet for a while was a certain amount of people 
And then over time, it's fed into more and more of society where, you know, most or a lot of people have access to the internet these days, or a lot more than used to. And I think that will happen maybe over the next, you know, one to two decades with the metaverse as well as two decades from now, you know, exponentially more people will have a digital avatar and have customized that and be, be spending money on that than, than do today. And, and that for me is, a, is at least a fact. Um, so that's why consumer goods make sense because you, you can buy them. And, and I like mm-hmm. what you were saying with the insurance side. There's, there probably is actually some interesting business models, um, but you don't really buy insurance and usually display it in front of other people, let's say. Yeah. You know, and that, that actually brings me to the differences between sort of Web 3 and Web 2. It, it felt like there was a fairly rapid transition to Web 2, especially when mobile entered the scene. Do you think there's a time in the future where it's not the Internet anymore? It's not Web 2.0 anymore. It's literally any time I touch a device that's connected, I'm in Web 3? Possibly, but I really do think we're, we're quite a long way off that. Um, you know, I think at, at least five years, you know, until we're truly at that stage. Mm-hmm. One of the big issues right now is there's a lot of talk about the metaverse, but a lot of the metaverses, you know, there are multiple of these, you know, worlds, and a lot of them are still being built right now, and, and some of them are still in development. So I, I think over the next, like, next year, the year after, a lot of the most promising ones will uh, start to be built out at, at scale. And that's when we might start to see, you know, the reality of, of, of this coming coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, but until then, you know, it's now it's now the combination of a few things where people may have heard of NFTs and people may have probably have heard about, about crypto and blockchain right now. And they've heard about the metaverse. And as they all start to merge and exciting activations start to happen, and, and maybe there's a big brand that does something that, causes 10 million people to do something at once that's when we'll really start to see you know it come to reality you know i want to go back you know for my last question here go back to the idea of community and how you defined it because it it fascinated me that that was not at all the definition of community i was expecting Um, in marketing we've been sort of trained i think to think of community as you know, the, the trolls on Twitter, you know, my aunt on Facebook who spreads all manner of misinformation, you know, the people on Reddit that, you know, I dare not disagree with in public. Um, knowing that you mean developers as a community is is fascinating to me, primarily because I, I think back to the early days of the web and then, you know, kind of fast forward, you know, 15, 20 years and look at how, you know, the early developers of the Internet that we knew back then, they've written a thousand articles now about how this is not what we wanted. This is not what we intended. This is not what this is for. Is there an expectation, do you think, among this Web3 community that what they're building now is much more in line with the the sort of doing good mantra that seemed to exist back then? I think, I think mostly. So I, I, I think that's what excites a lot of people about Web3 and blockchain and, and these technologies is there is the opportunity for the reset. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an opportunity to, to, to start again and not make the mistakes of Web2 and, you know, not have us being tracked at scale and all, all these kinds of things that we're very familiar with. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, though. And, and obviously, when, when money is involved and, and not everything happening in the Web3 space right now, you know, it does cater towards that. But there mm-hmm. is certainly pockets of that and, and certainly around, you know, Ethereum being one of the, 
you know, fundamental parts of the infrastructure right now, um, there's a potential that that can come together. Um, and that's what I hope plays out. And I think, you know, just to, just to comment on um, the, the term community, the way we think, think of community. So I think any brand can have a community, but for me, social media is not necessarily community. So, you know, the big platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that's not necessarily community, even though a lot of people do talk about it in that, that, um, that way. But to me, social media is, is sort of one-to-one -one communication. It is usually a broadcast. So it is a brand speaking at you know, a group of people, and then maybe those people speak back to the brand. So if you look at a comment section, often they are interacting back with the brand. And maybe once in a while they tag a friend. Mm -hmm. But it's rare, um, at least on, say, Facebook or Instagram, where people have uh, conversations within the comment section amongst each other. Um, and that's essentially, to me, you know, the broadcasting element of, of social media. It happens a bit more on Twitter, um, but it doesn't happen in, in necessarily other places. Whereas a community, from my perspective, is one-to-many communication where a brand might say something, but actually, even if the brand says nothing, other people are communicating with each other about, you know, maybe the topic, maybe about marketing. And, and those people are having their own conversations. And the brand is, is sort of sitting above, but it is not the orchestrator of all conversation and all value being generated there. And that, for me, is the difference between social media and communities. Um, and any brand can have that, you know, it can be topics about marketing, it can be about development, or it could be about knitting, um, <laughs> you know, and anything, anything kind of works. So, um, so yeah, I do think uh, we will see more and more of that. And I think that is more in the spirit of, you know, the beginnings of the internet. Well, Jake, if you're hopeful, I'm hopeful. Um, Jake Stott, thanks so much for being on the show today. It was a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Richard. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening. For more content like this and to learn about Advertising Week's global events for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, visit www.advertisingweek.com. Chaptering and other structural elements for this podcast are powered by Snackable AI. With the ability to unify all content in one place, have AI distill the best insights instantaneously, and share them seamlessly, businesses on Snackable create more relevant value for their audiences faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai.